Hello, my name is Mia. Oh, (laughs) and my name is Sylvia. And we're a little overexcited because we're finally in the same room again. This is true. This is true. We're able to do this because uh, we can both just pass viruses to each other. There you go. Um, We're both healthy as far as we know. mm -hmm. But uh, we're here today to discuss Uh our most recent... (laughs) Sorry, I can see myself in the mirror and I'm like trying not to look. Uh, We're here in my... very difficult. Not to. We're here uh, in my brother's bedroom mm-hmm. to talk about our most recent double feature. It um, goes back to our roots <laughs> of something truly absurd and something normal. We have Lost in Translation and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yep. <laughs> uh, and if I don't talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation first, right. I will not be able to carry out a discussion about anything else. I understand. So I'm going to pass off the torch to you because okay. you know, I don't even know how much you know about Mortal Kombat, but it is more than I know, which is nothing. This is true. Which is that it's a Street Fighter, like, rival video game. That's all yes. I know. But there's a, according to this movie, there's a goddamn, <laughs> like, lore and universe. So please enlighten me. Okay. So I grew up playing this game with my brother. But I never played story mode, nor did I ever watch him play story mode. So I don't actually know any of the backstory. There was, okay, there was a story mode. I only, we only played like player v player combat. Of course. Um, which was the <laughs> best thing ever. So is story mode for like one player? Yeah. Okay. Um, so all I ever did was button mash mm-hmm. and that was absolutely it. Uh, so there's not much, I don't know much. However, I did Who get- Who was your go-to character? Baraka. Um, mostly- <laughs> Baraka <laughs> Obama. Yeah, exactly. Mostly because we had the same joke every single time where we'd be like, Baraka Obama. <laughs> Our president is so cool. <laughs> um, and he was like, a, he was in the movie, by the way. Oh, who was he? Uh, he was the guy with the huge, like, uh, teeth that, like, went all the way, all, like, in his skull. That was a character? I thought yeah. that was, like, a demon. With, like, uh, huge blades coming out of his arms. So, he was fun. Um, I never played any of the girls. Any of the sexy ladies? They were so too delicious that I was very, um, uh... Aroused. <laughs> I was very <laughs> intimidated. Mm-hmm. Um... And I watched the first one years ago. You, oh my And God. I had so much fun, but I completely blacked it out. I blacked it out completely, and I thought I'd watch the second one. I feel like I, I don't know how many movies are in this franchise, but I watched I think more than just one. just the two. And never mind, because <laughs> I just watched the first one. Um, barely remember the plot, not sure there's a plot to remember. I can't um, imagine there being more than two, is what I'm saying. Right. Uh, but yeah, I I tried to do a little bit of research, the mm-hmm. bare minimum. It's like one of the most like highest grossing like video game based movies like out there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> at least at the time. Um, wow. And it was one of the first, too. Uh, yeah, just so bad, but so good. <laughs> There is not one, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say, there is not one movie adaptation of a video game that is good. And I'm running it through my brain, and there is not one. And you can quote me on that, they all suck. Except for the Animal Crossing one, that seems kind of cute, I'm not going to lie. 
that happened? Yeah, it's like just one movie and nobody's ever watched it really and I think it's like dubbed over but it's pretty cute. Anyway. So this was uh, from 1995, directed by John R. Leonetti, Mm -hmm. the creator of Eldritch Horrors. Oh. Um, Not, that's not a movie. He is just an evil demon sent to us to create this thing called Mortal (laughs) Kombat Annihilation. Um... Uh, so it starts off, it starts off with, usually my critique of a movie doesn't include the production credits at the beginning, because why would it? Right. However, it must be said that literally before you, like, even get, like, if you walked into the theater as this began, before the movie actually began, and you just get, uh, presented by this production house. <laughs> it immediately starts by someone screaming, Mortal Kombat! Which is a real fucking way to wake you up. And like, the New Line Cinema Presents is like on fire. And I was just like, oh my god. So good. Um, but this movie starts off, I think, with... A short recap of the first movie, I think, is what it was. And yet, it went by six. It was, it so was fast. really quick. Yeah. It was so fast. I think that they just kind of assumed that you watched the first movie and then immediately afterwards you watched the second one. That's the because only way any no, of this makes sense. There was no like, <laughs> who are these, these people? There was no Where world are building. We? No. You just they threw you in there and they were like, Khan is this evil man. Yes. And the world was built in six days and it'll die in six days too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah, the the, <laughs> the the villain is introduced probably a minute in. Yeah. And, like, we don't know who any of the characters are. Nope. We don't know where we are. Nope. When we are. Nope. What the conflict uh-uh. is. Um, and is, Khan's plan is to, like, he, he's opened a bunch of... Por- so, first of all, it should be mentioned, this is not the first time we have watched a sequel... Yes. In this podcast without watching the original. In fact, our second episode was just chock full of sequels. Was that our second episode? I think so. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, the experience of watching this was so different to the experience of watching those because uh, we watched The Purge election year mm-hmm. and we watched Ninja Shadow of a Tear without <laughs> watching either of the predecessors to those. And I felt like I understood. Yeah. I felt like I kind of got the concept of both of them, even if there were like characters or events referenced I pretty much it was pretty much a self-contained story yeah they were treated as you know separate movies right this it just feels like somebody was like reading a book and then stopped in the middle of a (laughs) sentence and like played pop and then uh, popped it to someone else yeah yeah there's there's no establishing there's no exposition I have no idea what's going on and someone dies like immediately who I guess Johnny Cage oh my gosh okay because it was the guy the creator wanted to base it off of like Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah and so and so they didn't they ended up changing it around a bit but they wanted to like name their this one character like after him with like the initials like JC okay yeah uh so that's Johnny (laughs) Johnny Cage and he dies immediately and we're meant to be somehow like Like, emotionally yeah we're meant to be upset by this person that uh, fucking who is this? I don't even know who that is. And this blondie is like so upset over it. Yeah, she's like, so... well, how do we? How do you expect us to kill this guy if we couldn't even save Johnny? And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck <laughs> about Johnny. I don't know what's happening. 
Um, so pretty much, like, the opening scene is so bizarrely disorienting. It's like being dropped straight into the climax of a movie you yeah. haven't seen. Yep. True, like, truly. Everybody's just... I don't hang Everybody's out. already fighting. <laughs> and then and then suddenly Khan comes down and he says this thing where he was like he basically was like, Oh, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna annihilate all the humans. But yeah. he said but he said it like and all the humans will rest in peace. <laughs> no, he said so he says like uh it's on the, the letterbox, like they do a quote from uh-huh. every movie and it's like I think it's the earth was created in seven days. Or no six days. the earth was created in six days. Um, and it will be destroyed in six days, and all the humans will rest in peace or something. I know, but just, uh, saying rest in peace just sounds way it too It does undercut it, yeah. <laughs> um, so he comes down, yeah. and he's like... He's wearing a dollar store skull mask. Yes. He basically says that he's going to open the portal to the other world outer world something dude i was so fucking confused because they never make clear they're constantly transitioning from the sort of earth realm to this other place but they never make clear the distinction right so it always just seems like like they're going to like spain or something like it just seems like another part of earth it's yeah very very confusing I kind of just forgot that they were talking about that until, like, halfway through the movie where they were like, we can see the worlds merging. Like, he, his plan is almost complete. And <laughs> the Eiffel Tower! <laughs> we, see, we see the Golden Gate Bridge. We see the Eiffel Tower. We see the Twin, twin Towers. Towers. Oof. Woof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, like, show us that um, Earth is popping into this other world. So that's kind of his plan, is to merge the evil devil realm yeah. with Earth, for some reason. And his son is Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn is the guy I was talking about, but yeah. Oh, yes, 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 you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Shao Kahn has a daddy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, there's this group of characters. There's Lu, I think. Lu Kang. He so- has cool hair. <laughs> I like Liu Kang, and I think he was, like, the protagonist of the first one, because all we know about him is he won Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah. (laughs) So he has the high score. (laughs) Um, He's number one on leaderboards. And I still do not know what Mortal Kombat is. Okay, I think it's just kind of like, um, like, just like a final battle, and whoever wins, like, wins the whole thing. Okay. Which is dumb, because it, it's like, why couldn't we just do that in the beginning and, and like, avoid a whole war? But that's what they do. Um, okay. Because I guess you have to, like, fight this one guy. Like, this one, this one big boy. And oh, I, yeah, he was, so like, I a guess, sorcerer or something. So the whole right. movie is, like, them doing little boss battles. And like, yes! <laughs> until they get to the big macho Hankahuna, and then they do the Mortal Kombat, and then it's, like, whoever defeats person wins mm-hmm. i guess that's what he did which is probably how the video game was so after khan shows up literally a minute into this movie yep. uh he shows up with his like demons and his ninjas uh so many ninjas so <laughs> all many. of the extras in this are ninjas and they there's like a really boring fight all of the fight scenes in this movie fucking suck which is such a shame because that's like so much of the, the movie. The actors are so bad at, at stage fighting. There's no like, yeah. oomph. it's just like, no. it's like so lame. Oh my god, you can see like the fist go past <laughs> the person's head. Um, 
So he shows up, he says, like, I'm going to kill the humans, I'm going to merge these realms. And then he sort of uh, disappears. And then our little group of fighters, which is Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, Katana. Um, Jax Briggs. He comes in later. Later, right, right, right. And Raiden, who's like this, yeah. like, um, Lucius... Um, Malfoy Mal- type. Right, but, but nice. he's good. Yeah, but he has just long he's white like, hair. He's like a, like a sorcerer or something. He's like sort of immortal. Um, he's like the Gandalf of the group. Yeah, in that but he's like more casual. Right, he has a, he has a, a higher sort of goal. He's not going to fight along with them. He's yeah. going to sort of like try and figure this stuff out right. from an astral level. Right. So we see him speaking to like the gods and he's like, what can I do to like we'll make this better? Oh my God. All right. Actually, let's just not go through the plot point by point because it's no, kind of lame. Useless. He does talk to the gods. Um, I think this is, this is when we should talk about the special effects. Um, oh. Yeah. It's um, it's regrettable the 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 CGI in this movie. It's um, this was made in nineteen ninety five and they uh, had better technology. This was this was not at fault. This was not the 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 time periods. Fault. No, no. This probably was state of the art at the time. Um, but it's just the worst. So it looks. It truly looks. All of the animation looks like. The animations that play when you get a strike in a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> They're so janky and bad. They're so jank. They're terrible. And They're like, they use them constantly. Oh, they, they look like... What do they look like? Like, back, like they look like... Um, like if, if a word laser art tag from like effects. Microsoft like 2005 was, was like, animated yeah. yeah oh they're so so terrible and they use them constantly and they like never look like what they want them to look like at one point this girl is like sort of swallowed up by a portal but they made it pink and it's Ooh. horribly animated and mm-hmm. it looks like she's being sucked into a butthole <laughs> like everything looks terrible and honestly that's kind of (laughs) that's kind of how I feel about this whole movie it's fascinating to me to see a movie that's so holistically bad Mm. like oftentimes you can sort of say okay this movie had pretty good like direction the actors did the best they could but the script absolutely fucking sucked or like you can say I actually liked the writing, but the cinematography was so distracting and the lighting like was terrible, whatever. This movie, um, the acting, the makeup, the costumes, the plot, the writing, the music, s- the music, <laughs> the sound design, the special effects, the editing, the lighting, the production design, the cinematography, um, it truly sucks from toe to tip, which is like I don't know if I've ever seen that before. <laughs> and usually, I have to say, usually when I see a movie that's, like, really, really bad, I, a lot of times I'm angry. Like, I watched this week a movie called Breaking the Waves by Lars von Trier. Um, it, first of all, it was two hours and 40 minutes long. No. Which is terrible. But setting that aside, it just sucked. It sucked. But, like, again, I liked the way it was shot. The actors were pretty good. But I just sort of hated the ethos of the movie. I thought it was cruel and just, like, 
loathsome and despicable. So it made me angry. This movie, I can't get angry at it because even though it sucks in every way, it's still a whole thing, you mm. know? It still tries, and it still is, like... I feel like it's better to have a really well-crafted pie made entirely of shit mm. than it is to have, like, a, a, like a nice dish... That just, with, like, has too much salt. Right. It's more interesting. The shit pie is more interesting, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Maybe that metaphor fails. But, um... The music sort of sounded like, um, like, Project Runway music. Mm, you know, talking yes. about when they're, yeah, like, yeah, walking yeah. down the runway and it just goes real No, yeah. so hard. Um, yeah, the, the music and sound design was especially bad in that it was too fucking loud loud. and it just loops over and over again um so the general plot of this is that our little group of fighters is trying to get strong enough to defeat khan basically and at first they think that the key to that is reuniting katana with her dead mother yeah who's evil um but it and turns screams. out screams like her superpower is just screaming <laughs> her superpower is screaming and whipping her, her hair, hair around. <laughs> she's fun and uh turns out it's not and she was tricking them meanwhile raiden uh gives up his immortality and gets a buzz cut <laughs> that uh, made me laugh so much was... like he became mortal and he just got like a crew cut yeah <laughs> that was really funny um also I cannot not mention this. They travel using, like, weird bionicle spheres. Oh, my God. Hold on. I wrote that down. What did they say? They're, like, we're being propelled by, by like, heat. hot air? <laughs> from the heat from the Earth's core. Oh, my God. Love that. But they're going so fast. You can't even tell if they're moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like those French trains. Um, <laughs> also, this movie has some of the worst AD... The, the ADR in this movie is so bad that there's one scene where I thought the actors were being dubbed over by other <laughs> actors. <laughs> and they weren't, but that's how bad um, the dialogue replacement is. Woof. Also, can we stop doing the Native American yeah. equals, like, animal thing? Yeah. So we get a night wolf who's, like, trying to make Liu Kang, like, strong or whatever. But uh, he has, like, that little war band with the one feather in he it. He starts off as a whole wolf. He's a fucking furry. Which made me chuckle. Just the way that they, that whole sequence worked where they were, like, <laughs> uh, rolling my, on top of each other. It's my animality. <laughs> <laughs> the way he delivers that line is so <laughs> funny. Plus, oh, I always heard it as, like, animalism. I've never heard no, animality, but that's all they say in this movie. <laughs> it's my animality. Um, yeah, can can we stop doing that? Let's, let's stop. Let's let's stop with that. Uh, oh yeah, so Jax uh, joins the group. He's fun. He's like the voice of reason, where everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we gotta defeat this and that." And he's like, and he's Guys, like "Who the fuck are, even is that?" He's us in this. He's like, "I just was thrown into this. What is going on?" That's why I liked him because I felt like he was as frustrated and confused about what was going on as I was. Yep. So I, I did feel... He also has giant metal dildo arms, which I thought was really fun. <laughs> also, they find... Like, Sonya find, like frees him. Um, also, there's fighting going on between every scene. Every you can kind of just assume that. <laughs> Sonya finds him in, like, this hospital thing. Also, no other human exists except for the main characters. Yes. Um, 
she finds him in this hospital. He's like tied. He's like strapped to like a fucking like table. Table, I guess. And he says like, "Oh yeah, they gave me these like super powerful arms." And because he's in a hospital, you assume that they replaced his arms with metal arms. But then later. One of his metal arms just falls off, and he has a regular arm underneath it. It's like, wait, what? So that was really weird. Yeah, he's just like a super jacked dude with like some metal on top of his arm. That's the funny thing I think about Mortal Kombat is that you put all of these characters together, and some of them are literal gods, some of them are literal demons, some of them are like just humans that can jump really hard but you have them fight each other it's very very weird so <laughs> then it just kind of gets, oh my god no i can't i was gonna skip to the very end we cannot miss the final fight first of all it's like of course a, not it's like a four-way fight where every um every little member of our group is fighting someone mm-hmm. and then Liu kang is fighting khan so basically, we learn that Raiden is also the son of Khan. Yes. And they all, like, all they all share this, so like, Khan dragon is his, tattoo. Of, of Daddy Khan. Yeah. So Khan, so the evil, Sh- Khan, the villain, yeah. is his brother. Which yeah. he, of course, only thought relevant, like, <laughs> three quarters of the way into the movie. And they all have this weird dragon tattoo that all, like, the other villains also have sometimes, even though they're not related in every single time. Yeah, because it's a way to, like, oh, right, right, right. sort of grant passage between the realms. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and and it, <laughs> whenever the person is killed, the tattoo comes to life and it beca- bursts out of their skin and it becomes a little dragon. <laughs> and the effect... Ugh. I cannot overstate how fucking bad it looks. When it first it, happened, it looks I was like, like, did I <laughs> miss something? Hello? Yeah, I was like, is that what tattoos are in this universe? <laughs> no, it goes like, <laughs> it looks so bad. It just bursts out of your skin. So we have this final fight where, like, Katana's fighting her evil mom. Um, because it turns out that uh, if you reunite her with her mom, like, that's just a trick. That won't close the portals. Right. And, uh, Jax is fighting this weird, like, demon centaur guy, which yeah. was extremely dis- disturbing to me. Um, everyone's fighting someone. And Liu Kang is... Liu <laughs> Kang is fighting Khan and... 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 Um, he just... I can feel my animality. <laughs> he just turns into a dragon. Yep. And, and it looks like it is phenomenal. made of poop. And I'm not even <laughs> kidding. molten poop. It looks like it's made of molten shit. Mm-hmm. And then... And then... Khan. Also turns into like, like a, a hydra. hydra. Yeah. yeah. Which looks like it's made of piss. <laughs> And they fight for like five seconds and then they get too tired to keep up that form. Thank God, Thank because God. it looks terrible. Thank God. It looks, it really reminded me of like just the way they moved and the terrible effects really reminded me of like a 10 year old boy doing stop motion with his like two yes. favorite like dinosaur figurines. Yes. Oh, it's bad. And so this is our final combat, our mortal combat of this movie. Yes. Once is... they, they get out of their animal forms. Uh-huh. I, so I guess the Mortal Kombat is like 
Khan now can like bleed and die. So huh. he is. So Liu Kang was already just a now regular. Like on the same level. Right. So I guess that's where the mortal comes in. It's like Liu Kang was already just like a really good fighter. He's mm-hmm. just like a regular guy. Um, but now Khan, in order to like f- have that final fight, has to become mortal, and then one of them will win. So. And then the evil guy wins. So no. <laughs> so Liu finishes him. Yep. And then everything goes back normal, and we see all, like, all the landmarks from Earth. <laughs> yep, and then uh, Raiden also, at one point he oh died, and then he comes back to life. And then... And then he's made into a god. Yeah, and then, so everything goes back <laughs> You know, to- <laughs> regular, regular stuff. I mean, it happens you know, this all the time. Is, man. Um, and so we get taken back to this, like, temple that Lou... That we're just... It's, like, always, like, our base point, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so they all, they're all, like, all of our main characters are there, because of course nobody else would be. And, yeah, Raiden just gets turned into a god. And then that's it. And then they just sort they of... Hug yeah, they something. literally hug and walk off into the sunset. Um, and here's a real riddle for you. Mm-hmm. What's the theme of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, um... Is it fight good? Um... Um, people are, um, he, uh, are in control of their own fate, and they have free will. Really? And the gods have nothing to do with it. Also, yeah, that is, there is this one scene where Raiden goes to talk to the gods, and the gods basically uphold the fact that you have to reunite Katana with her mom, but we learn later that that's a trick, so were the gods like, lying? Yeah, I don't... The elder gods were lying? Huh? <laughs> I, I think that's a big problem, personally. Anyone want to explain that one? <laughs> so this is, um... <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. I guess you can't deny the fact that it is a movie that does exist. So, um, in this break, Mia and I will... Fight to the death. (laughs) Finish her. came to a stalemate <laughs> and now we're both gods exactly uh so up next we're talking about lost in translation directed by sofia coppola yep. in 2003 mm-hmm. um delightful i liked it a lot too delightful i liked it um so basically we have bill murray and scarlett, scarlett johansson, johansson. Um, who's like so she's pretty. she's like <laughs> she's like 19 in this movie damn yes yeah, i think this i don't know if this was her first role maybe it wasn't but yeah she was really really young in this damn. 
Um, so we, they're both in... Tokyo. Yes. Japan. Right. And Scarlett Johansson's there. Her character's name is Charlotte. Um, oh my god. <laughs> should have... Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mia just found a switchblade. Sorry, I found a gun. A, a gun? <laughs> no. I didn't find a gun, I found a knife. And it has a dragon on it. Okay. Um, the so... wonders of, fil- of recording in your brother's bedroom. <laughs> so, Charlotte... Um, Scarlett Johansson's character. Yes. She is in Japan because her husband of two years is a photographer, and Mm -hmm. he's doing his little photography Mm -hmm. gig. Um, She went to Yale and studied philosophy, and now she's just kind of chilling because she doesn't know what to do with herself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Bob Harris, Bill Murray's character, is uh, sort of a washed-up actor who is in Japan to shoot a series of promotions for... Uh, I think it's whiskey, right? Yes. So for a, a Japanese whiskey. S- S- Satori time. I think that I think, <laughs> I think it was Satori, um, which I don't I don't know I don't if it exists. I, I well, so. I would have no idea. <laughs> I am not. I do not have my finger on the pulse of the Japanese whiskey scene. <laughs> the plot is just kind of them, sort of at first separately, not really knowing what to do and having this weird experience being somewhere really different. And then striking up a sort of strange friendship that can happen when you're just sort of like stranded in somewhere totally foreign to you and you sort of collide with someone. And so we all, it's just a whole, it's it's like a whole movie of little things where things get lost in translation. Yeah. Tee hee hee. I would say miscommunication is one of the big motifs of this movie. for sure. Um, so it's like, it's a lot of Bob being kind of sad and his marriage. He's also kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's all of Bill Murray's characters for yeah. you. Um, and he has a wife at home. And kids. And kids. And I love the amount of communication via fax in this movie. <gasps> Thank you for it saying that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to sound like a zoomer, but the faxing was pretty cute. It was so cute. <laughs> it was so which was okay if we have any boomers on the call um can you tell us if there were fax machines in hotel hotel rooms because the fax like in this movie isn't even connected to the phone like it's a totally different machine in the hotel room whoa was that a thing that seems really strange i think um in 2003 is when it takes place i think it might have been like popular if it's like a hotel like that little business people go to mm, that yeah that might be it sense. yeah Scarlett johansson doesn't have her character doesn't have a fax machine in her room though oh because i think slips she, the fax under the door i think she's in a different like suite he's in like the hoity-toity suite oh right right, right. so i guess it like depends. Um, my dad still uses fax, <laughs> so I'll ring you up next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, at the job we used to work at, I knew you were. Gonna... <laughs> Did I, I told you about this, right? I think so. Well, we we had a fax machine, of course, because the literally like the Ancient. store the store was stuck in like 1972. But I would eat my lunch in the break room, and the break room was like extremely small, and so. Uh, the fax machine was next to our mini fridge on a high shelf. So when you would sit down, basically you were facing both of them and they were like a few feet above your head. And 
one time I was eating my lunch and I started hearing this weird noise and I was like what is that and suddenly imagine my surprise I was a a tender girl of 17 when a a sheet of paper comes out of the telephone and hits me in the head and I was like what the fuck yeah fax is very strange but it's pretty cute in this movie how it's very cute um yeah. That's how his wife uh, communicates with him a lot. She's, like, decorating his study, and, like, it's mm-hmm. kind of, like, the only way that they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I also like how uh, the I, the sound design in this movie is really good. There's a lot of scenes of sort of music heard muffled through a wall or through, like, pool water, mm-hmm. which they did really well. And in all of the scenes where a character is on the phone it's very the sound is very realistic in that a lot of times in movies they'll increase the volume of the other person on the phone or they'll cut it out entirely but here it's pretty much exactly what you would hear if Mm -hmm. you were where the camera assumes you would be a few feet from the character so you can just barely hear what the other person is saying but you can hear it Mm -hmm. which i liked a lot because that kind of goes into the whole thing of like if you you just sort of have to strain your ears to hear it so Scarlett Johansson's character Charlotte is uh, has a very very sleazy husband. Um, she seems to have only realized this recently because uh, she's just stuck in this hotel room and he's he's going off sh- shooting fans and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of sucks a little bit. Um, yeah, he sucks a little bit in a very in a very like. I know a guy like that way, yeah, you know? like Not like, wow, what a villain, oh, but no, no, no. they're just, like, on very different pages. Totally. And so he moved her out to L.A., so he's all L.A.-y, and there's, like, this actress who's very L.A., and it's, it's like, very, I don't know, they criticize them a lot, which I guess he also criticizes Charlotte for being snobby. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess they're just being, they're just, they're just being people, albeit a little too flirty, I guess, but... It's not like Charlotte's anymore. Yeah, one of the uh, the husband's former clients, I guess, who yeah. he's photographed before, is like a popular actress, and she is hanging around the hotel as well. So Charlotte and Bob kind of they see each other in like an elevator first, mm-hmm. and then they're both in this uh, like the dining hall, like the bar, bar yeah. area. Um, dining hall for college students. <laughs> I really couldn't come up with another word. <laughs> the uh, adult dining hall, and they the live cafeteria. in. They they live in the um, adult dormitory. <laughs> um, and he had just come up from like a shoot, so he had makeup on, and his suit was like pinched in the back uh-huh. with like little binder clips. Little binder clips. <laughs> And she sends him, like, a, a drink over to him. And I was, like, so confused at first because I guess, like, they, like, drink their shots out of, like, little okay. bowls. I don't know if it was a drink. It there was part... There were, like... like, an oyster? Like, particles the, the way in that it. He, okay. I, I thought know. it might have been, like, wasabi peas or something. Oh. It looked like, like, little... Little. Like food, oh, that's I what I no thought it was. it was. But later know. on, they they drink wine out of, like, these little wooden boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. So yeah, they have like a cute little like silly moment like haha. Um and then they just keep But it's very much like not a rom-com like meet cute. No. Like it's very much uh, the sort of thing that would just like you have a nice interaction with a stranger. Yes. I think we've all had that. It's just like a pleasant little moment. Yeah. And that is how the movie portrays it. Not of like 
wow, sparks flew. No, but not at all. yeah. Um, and so then they just kind of keep bumming into each other because neither of them. Also, Scarlett Johansson is knitting a scarf. Oh, I was I I before she even said that she was knitting it, I wrote down I like her scarf. And <laughs> like she said that she was knitting you it. know, I love to see characters knit. You you don't actually see her knit, but I'm but holding out hope. That, yeah, you I'm holding out hope that we'll see a, a knitter in a car- in a movie, so I'll be able to criticize the fact that they don't know what they're doing. Um, and so they. Basically, Charlotte and Bob mostly interact at night when neither of them can sleep. Yes. Um, and it's just like a running thing with them. Uh, Bob is almost always in the same place at the bar. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of become friends. Yeah, and so one day, Charlotte is just like, do you want to go like hang out with my friends? Like, I my husband is like talking to his like clients or whatever. I don't want to be yeah, there. He's so. like out of town. Oh, yeah. Um, so they have this, like, wonderful little, um, I, what was it? It was, like, a karaoke club slash weed slash dance party it adventure like evening. It so much fun. It made me so sad for, like, corona. And yeah. Just not being able to, like, be a human and, like, have fun and, like, do silly things. Yeah. It's just one of those evenings that sort of, like, unfolds where mm-hmm. you just sort of, like, fall in with a group of people and you're like, guess I'm going here now. <laughs> Um, like, oh, we're going to a karaoke bar? Okay. Good to me. <laughs> and there's a really lovely, um, scene in the karaoke bar where they're singing. Mm-hmm. I loved, uh, Scarlett Johansson's, uh, yeah, special. So special. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved her in this. Um, especially because she wasn't, like, really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was very much, like, what karaoke sounds like. <laughs> And then they keep being friends, and she, like, stubbed her toe at one point. Mm -hmm. And so Bob's making this whole silly deal out of it. Like, you gotta go to the hospital. What are you doing? It's, it's, he's such a dad. He is a dad, yeah. He's such a dad, where he, where they're, like, at this, like, sushi bar, I guess, and uh, there's just, like, this Japanese chef, like, across the bar from them, and he just keeps talking. And they do this for, like, the rest of the movie, where they'll just keep speaking to, like, these Japanese people who don't know what they're saying in English, as if, like, they're having some sort of conversation. And it just, like, I don't know. Like, that's my dad. I I don't know how else to say that. I have to say, there, I went on Letterboxd after I saw this, and a lot of people were like, wow, this movie's really racist. Um, and I have to say, I, d- I didn't agree because there were, there are some, like, some parts, mildly yeah, racist sure. jokes that Bob makes, yeah. but the movie doesn't, like, endorse that. Right. Like, he's kind of a dick. Like, the, the first thing we learn about him is that he missed his child's birthday. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to think this is a good guy. And I think the parts of it were, that people assumed to be mocking were just fucking dad behavior. <laughs> that that part I liked when they were like, he was just being stupid. Mm-hmm. The parts that like annoyed me were when he was um, just like, it's just him being a dick, where he was, yeah. uh, they were trying to like do a photo shoot and he didn't know what oh was going on. Oh my God, on. he was such a dick he in that scene. He was such a dick. And this guy, this photographer's just like trying and he's like just saying like a bunch of stuff and he's like, oh, like, like give me some, like give me some like 007. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, he actually drinks martinis and not whiskey, so. And, and I was like, he, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just was, total dick and just purposeful like misunderstanding what people are saying exactly just so i think of being a dick exactly so i think it's important that we see him start off from a place of total willful miscommunication yeah. 
And by the end of this, like, there's a great scene um, in the hospital after... Uh, oh my god, yeah. the hospital, that whole hospital scene was the my I favorite loved, part of the whole movie. I loved it. So basically, uh, Charlotte's getting a little x-ray for her foot to, I guess, see if her toe's broken. And Bob is waiting in the waiting room with this... Is it an old man or an old woman? I think it's an old woman. Old woman. And there's two ladies sitting behind him. And he's trying to talk to the old woman, but, like, they are fully both, like, monolingual. Mm -hmm. Neither of them know any amount of the other person's language. So she is speaking full Japanese, he is speaking full English, and, like, sort of, he tries to repeat some of the things she says, but he obviously has no idea what she's saying, (laughs) and he has no idea what she's trying to convey to her. And the two ladies in the back are, are cracking up whole, because uh, they can understand what the woman is saying. <laughs> but we as the audience, there's no subtitles. We have yeah. no idea what's going on. We just see Bob sort of going, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and he, he has no idea what he's saying. Oh and the God. two ladies are fucking losing cracking up. It. Losing it. And I loved that because I loved being not in on the joke. Yes. It was just a really nice so feeling. Good. Yeah. I love that. That's like... I, that's my grandma is um, so surprising in so many different ways. She speaks no English. However, somehow she does this, these weird things sometimes where I don't know. She'll just like pull random shit out of her head. One time when she was like living with us, uh, somebody called. Nobody was home, and somebody called like our home line. And I guess they were trying to get in contact with my mom. And the next day, this the same person called my mom picked up, and she goes, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it. Your mom picked up. She said that you weren't home, and and like that you'd call her back later." <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just makes me giggle at like these weird things. Like, she does not speak English from yet. Like this weird mess. Uh, I don't they were know. able to communicate it. Oh god. And I think that's kind of. Um what this movie is about in a lot of ways obviously as the title indicates how um they don't come to a greater understanding in that scene of what the other person is trying to say bob is as much in the dark about what the woman is saying as he was in the beginning of the scene but they're all just like cracking they have a yeah they have a nice time like he makes the woman laugh yeah um by like having this little joke (laughs) this little joke that just transcends language um and sort of making himself the butt of the joke and i think that there's a really beautiful thing to uh see in this movie which is how if you really try you can communicate with someone and that it's important that we see bob go from a a person who's like just totally like the person the in the photo shoot um the guy has an accent and bob is just like what i don't understand you what are you talking about that makes no sense two there's a scene in a bar also where he's just like carrying on this conversation with a guy Mm -hmm. and they both like like the guy i would say he's probably like I don't know, knows some English. He's not fully fluent. Um, but Bob's just engaging him and asking, like, oh, why were you there? What did you do there? Yeah. How, how was it fun? And, like, that's just, that's communication. Like, yeah. it, it can happen if you actually have the um, will to do so. Yeah. And that was really nice. That was really nice. Also, there's a lot of um, things specific to travel in this that I really loved like just all these moments that you don't see a lot of in a lot of times the uh I don't know unglamorous boring aspects of travel are kind of glossed over in movies because who wants to see them but like 
<laughs> Scarlett Johansson just like lolling about in her hotel room, making yeah. a total mess of it, <laughs> like like not wanting to go out because you're kind of in a funk. Um, figuring out hotel showers, watching foreign TV, they like they very much capture the feeling that I get of watching foreign TV, mm-hmm. which is like there are familiar things in an unfamiliar language. And then there are completely unfamiliar things in an unfamiliar <laughs> language, which I really loved. Like, uh, eating meals alone, like standing in a crowd and just sort of feeling separate, not being able to sleep, or arriving at a really unnatural time of day or night, and just kind of wandering and being unmoored and not having an itinerary. I loved all of that stuff, because yeah. that's what travel can be like a lot of the time. You know, my mom likes to have a total itinerary and be going all the time, and I don't like to do that, so I was really reminded of, like, how it feels when I travel a lot of the time. Like, that's this is how it feels. A lot of times it's not as melancholic as this, because I'm, I don't know. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so adrift anymore, at least not right now, but there's just this, the, they capture that feeling of, just it's like you're trapped in a liminal space and they capture that really well mm-hmm. and i liked it a lot um i'm uh, i'm glad they don't bang yeah i was really like i my fingers were crossed Running, i was like yeah. please don't let them bang because i honestly i was thinking back to harold and maude not just because of the age difference but because that was another movie where i was like why did you have them bang? Like that's it, not necessary. Right. Kind of like ruined the right friendship. the friendship. Um, and so I, I like like that they didn't bang. Yes. And what I really love about this the relationship at the center of this movie is that it's just one of those weird things that happens when you kind of collide with someone, and there is an end date to mm-hmm. their relationship. But, like, it's extremely intimate for the short period of time when they know each other because they're sort of, like, each other's sanctuary in this place. It's like going to a wedding and not knowing anybody and, like, having some, like, nice person sit across from you and, like, you just being totally, like, best pals the whole night and you never speak to them again. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. And I loved that a lot. Um, There's a scene where they're both lying in bed, and I was like, please don't bang. Please don't bang. (laughs) And they don't bang. They just, like, fall asleep asleep. together, which is, if anything, more profound because they've both had so much trouble falling asleep. Yeah. And they just sort of fall asleep side by side. And it's just, I don't know, speaks to the, I don't know, the power of human connection. To me, this movie is ultimately a portrait of transience, just things being temporary, just Mm -hmm. totally a temporary relationship two people just chancing to uh, interact with each other. And at this total like snapshot in these two people's lives. And I, I, I love that weird and sudden intimacy between virtual strangers. I like it a lot. It was delightful. Yeah. I loved it. It was, it was precious and great. And, and they were so silly, too. Uh-huh. I loved just seeing them be silly friends. Their chemistry... Was so good. Yeah, Johansson and Murray's chemistry in this was really, really good. It was so good. It, it's sort of like a combination between dad and, like, best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also strangers. Because yeah. they don't really know anything about each other. And it's just a, a weird, delightful relationship. Because it, it's... They're in this weird 
place, I mean, weird to them, and they, they don't really know what's going on, and they just, it's just lovely. They form this silly little bond, and nobody can really, they don't really understand anybody, and nobody really understands them, so they just have, like, a, a silly little trot around. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the critique I saw of this movie was that, um, sort of, Japanese people are just props, and they don't have their own lives. And I sort of thought, like, well, yeah, we don't see their own lives because when you're traveling, like, it's impossible yeah. to conceive of anyone. Like, one it's of the. It's impossible to conceive of anyone else's life when you're in your own. Exactly. Place, in your own, like, world. Just, like, the amount of times when you're just, like, driving on the highway and you look across to, like, the other car you're and like, there's, like, fuck a, a human. The other like, there's a whole family in that other car and they're all having their own life and, like, they're existing in their own worlds, and you're just some random stranger in the car next to them. Yeah, it's so, just... I mean, this movie was only able to do that with two people. Like, yeah. you can't ask it to do it with anyone else. And um, I think the reason that, like, Japanese people seem so, like, different and aloof in this movie is because that's how they seem to these two people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think this makes any objective like, statements about what Japan yeah. is. Yeah. I think this makes a statement about what Japan is like when you have never seen it before mm -hmm. and how sort of surprising and daunting it can be to sort of not even see any of your letters anywhere. Yeah. Like, there's not even... It's just a total uh, foreignness. To right. It. it doesn't even... Like, you can't... It's Everything is so different that it's difficult to... Like, even try and relate yourself, I guess, uh -huh. yeah. And I like that it was Japan because, first of all, also, like, they don't use the Roman alphabet, so mm -hmm. everything, like, you can't even find any analog. Yeah. Tokyo is, like, a really built-up happening city, so yeah. you have everyone going about their own lives. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, sort of, like, a desolate place yeah. and they wander in. Like, everyone's it's, it's going about it's their... Yeah, yeah, everyone's going about their lives. And uh, that Japanese culture is, I think, can be singularly weird to outsiders. Mm. And that just sort of like the style of their game shows and the... Oh, that game show is so fun. There's, like, <laughs> there's, there's a sort of zaniness to yeah. a lot of their culture that um like or the the there's a scene in an arcade oh where scarlett God, johansson's so cool. wandering around and there's like a a a, a drum game there, it's like with it, like animated they, drumsticks ah, and yeah. what is happening but it's it's also like there's an internal logic to it like japan is an incredibly ordered and efficient society that just is fucking knows what it's doing, but it's to an outsider, it seems yeah. incredibly bizarre, as it would seem bizarre coming here. here. And I liked it a lot. And it made me want to go to Japan, but Even also more. incredibly... I always said, like, you want to go to Japan, my mom wants to go to Japan, but I was always like... I won't go to Japan unless I know some of the language. Yeah. And I don't want to learn Japanese because I'm afraid of being a weeb. <laughs> and also I'm aware of how hard it would be. Uh, and my mom was like, no, like I've heard it's pretty easy to get around. But like having seen this movie, I'm sure like it's, it's probably different now because we have smartphones and we can sort of like plug something into Google Translate and be like, translate this to Japanese. How do I get to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But even so... I don't want to be a clueless 
idiot who can't speak any amount of a language. It just... Like, Bob is a clueless idiot who yeah. cannot speak... He does not know a single word of mm-hmm. Japanese, and I do not want to be that person. No, I completely understand that. I... I just... Like, it's... Especially in this movie, it just feels, like, so easy to be completely, like... Lost. Lost. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah, totally. I love that. You could absolutely just disappear. Especially That's what I like. because... <laughs> <laughs> I want my life to run away. You could fake your own death. <laughs> no, but especially because I think uh, Japanese society is very much one of, like, assimilation. Mm-hmm. So nobody's gonna bother you. Yeah. Like, nobody's gonna be like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Nobody's gonna, like, pick a fight. Like, people just leave you alone. Um, it's sort of like New York in that way. New York is sort of the opposite, where everyone's so different and weird that they don't give a shit about anyone yeah. else. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool portrait of, of, I don't know, being lost and being found. But not even <laughs> being found. I like that there's no yeah. resolution of, like, wow, things have changed. The ending of this movie is just kind of, they leave. They have to go their separate ways. That's how it goes. That's how life is. And um, you have this really nice moment and experience, but it has to end. It's transient. There, just before we conclude, I have to talk about their firefighters. Um, firefighters. The, the fire alarm goes off, which first of all is the most casual and like nonchalant fire yes, alarm Yes, I love ever. that fire alarm. It's just like, do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then their firefighters were like in completely chrome outfits that oh. looked like aluminum foil it was so cool it maybe like i did i guess i totally didn't like see star that. trek <laughs> um, hey if you want to talk about star trek <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um, but yeah sorry uh yeah and so he says that he's um leaving because bob leaves first uh and he i guess he like left his jacket with her or something and he's in the, <laughs> he's in the lobby and he calls up to her room and he's like i'm leaving um you have my jacket so you can break downstairs or, or enjoy my jacket, jacket that you stole <laughs> that's just his personality um and so she comes down and they have like this shitty goodbye it's like yeah, it's not just, yeah it's like you know whatever it you expect it to be more heartfelt mm-hmm. because of the like the great connection that they made right and, like in reality that's not always how it's gonna be yeah um and then you have that classic stop the cab moment <laughs> <laughs> which this is one uh of those instances that th- it's like okay i'll forgive it yeah. uh, I, I recently watched disobedience terrible movie it's mm. a proof that i'll watch anything if it has lesbians in it but uh there's a stop the cab moment in that too where it's just born of like waiting to the last moment this time it's just like he spots her yeah and he's so, like i gotta do it now or else like right I'll he he sort of assumed that that would be the end but then he sees her again yeah um so they have a second goodbye and it's just it's like a little kiss and it's like okay goodbye my friend lovely little hug i love when he he starts he's he is walking backwards in this crowd so he can like still see her and mm-hmm. he has such a silly little like smile on um and it was just great and then he turns around and she turns around and that's it he gets back in his cab and that's all yeah and there's this like it just ugh. um he like whispers something to her uh before they sort of part mm-hmm. and um you can't really hear it but of course there's like so many articles and speculation of like what did bill murray's character whisper <laughs> it's like did you that's not the fucking point <laughs> like, who cares 
it, it, it clearly it's not like the like the missiles will arrive at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny, but um, like the it, passport is underneath your bed <laughs> in the side compartment. A man will come wearing a fake mustache on he Tuesday. Will where the nightingale <laughs> drops, and that'll be your code. Um, like no, it. Uh, who cares? Mm-hmm. It, maybe it was an inside joke. Maybe it was a piece of advice. Who cares? It's just like a little piece of goodbye, and it's just one thing that's just for them. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of, um, in a way, it's a language spoken by only two people, and that like it's just like that's their cute. little. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. I didn't even I didn't even write that down. I just came with it off the cuff. So, um, I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> You never even played the game. Get ready for my butt mashing. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Oh. Oh. Next time is, is a spotlight. Oh, get ready for this one. <laughs> get ready, <laughs> children.